0: Hello and welcome back. Coming up, winners. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, joined as always by the esteemed Andrew Lynch. It's a lovely Thursday out here in Los Angeles. And I got to say, NBA playoffs have been hit and miss, Lynch, outside of Damian Lillard. I was glued to my phone all weekend while on an island following
1: the NFL draft.
0: I, I was in, into it heavily.
1: Now, is that island the island where you're by yourself taking the over on the Jets this season? Because, and I'm wow. so glad we're here. Wow. You, we've talked about this a lot. I'm an NBA fan. It is by far my favorite sport. WWE a close second. But... The NBA gambling just doesn't hold a yeah. candle to the NFL. And so for close. the NFL to be back, for the draft to be in the rear view, for free agency to be over, for win totals to be out there, Super Bowl odds really starting to crystallize. ah, just it, It's another great time of the year. Let's it, go. It, we discussed topics for the podcast, and it
0: was like, all right, let's do some NFL teams over-unders that you like. And, Lynch, I went down the list, and I've got 10 teams right now. I'm not going to give you guys 10, but, I mean, it's That's so fun. That's what Instagram's fun. for. And I I had an idea, Lynch, that I think this summer, you know, when things go down, uh, start to winnow, oh, no more NBA – a lot of podcasts will take time off. I almost think we should go into every single NFL team, give like every team 20 minutes on their season outlook, gambling, because there's so much interesting stuff happening in the league.
1: I'm going to be pretty busy with the Women's World Cup this uh, summer. Yes, allons-y. Right, yes. uh, but are we'll figure go- it Wait, out. Are you going there? I am not. I'll oh, be okay. here. Uh, so I'm not allons-y. All right. So uh,
0: let's get started here on the podcast <laughs> with a little NFL draft. Little
1: NFL, Leading yeah.
0: to uh, Super Bowl odds. You know, Maybe we'll touch on some rookie of the year. I do want to say. There are some big things happening in the sports gambling space. A lot is happening. Lynch, we can't say a lot working here at Fox, but by and large, in the industry, folks, you want to be happy that you got in on the ground level. There is a lot of stuff happening. Let's start with the NFL. So we're going to go back and forth here over under teams. Um, And Super Bowl odds as well. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start uh, because I've been hyping the hell out of them on Twitter. My New York Jets. Oh, I am boy. seeing over under seven and a half from Westgate. Same. Um, uh, Their producer pre- Conrad's already grabbing the microphone. Yes, he is yes, ready he's for ready. this. Yeah, he's going to hammer the under, I'm sure. Uh, so for the AFC East, the Jets are plus 550. Um, I think there's value there. I've already bet that. I have already bet the over seven and a half wins to make the playoffs plus 300. You look at that landscape in the AFC. Lynch. Um, we don't know what's going on with Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs. Do they fall from Super Bowl contender to out of it? I don't know. A Kareem Hunt situation as well. He's gone. I think there's some slippage there. I do believe the Baltimore Ravens are going to be slipping. We'll, we'll get to them shortly. I think the window's open for the Jets, folks, at 80-1. to 1. Super Bowl, I'm more than willing to take a flyer on them. Let me quickly touch on some of the reasons. So, <laughs> You're the
1: most optimistic fan I've ever no, met. No, I'm I not always. I'm,
0: very, I'm usually a pessimist. No, that's true. I'll, I'll give you that. When you can add the number
1: one or number two running back in the NFL, right? Le'Veon Bell? I mean, if you think Gurley's one, Bell's got to be two. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about some soft considerations and things like that. You're more, maybe more of a proponent of those more often than I am. Dude's got to be motivated this year, right? Massive motivation.
0: Then you add the new coach. And if you look at Adam Gaze's history, I've talked about it on the podcast. He went to Miami first year, gets to the playoffs. Last year in Miami, his usage of the slot receivers was massive. And remember, Kenyon Drake, uh, he's half the player Le'Veon Bell is. Kenyon Drake had a huge year out of the backfield and running. I think Bell has a big year. Jets add the top slot receiver on the market in Jamison Crowder.
1: How many games did Adam Gase's team win last year?
0: I don't have it in front of me. Seven. Seven. Okay. Seven. Yeah. they with, with that bad everything? Uh, how Every. many games did he start? Brock Osweiler. <laughs> oh man, Brock. Uh, remember uh, Brock Osweiler starting Sam Darnold way better than him. Okay. You add a formerly a top guard in the kid Osemeli. Uh I know he struggled a bit last year, but everything for me when you look at this Jets team. And let me end with Sammy Darnold, twenty-one years old. I just want to add. In the month of December, after going once through the order, playing the final month of the season as a 21-year-old rookie, 64% completions, six TDs, one pick, 7.4 yards per attempt. By far his best month. You want to say, well, who did he play, Jason? Anybody good? Played the Patriots, a playoff team. Played the Texans, a playoff team. Played Buffalo, a decent team last year. Not awful. And he played the Green Bay Packers, who, you know, weren't incredible last year. It was late. It was a shootout. Whatever. Final number for you. New York Jets in one score games last year, one and five. Mm. And we know historically those things tend to flip flop. I believe the Jets over seven and a half is my best bet. And I know I'm a Jets fan and you can hammer me for it. I'm telling you folks, when you look at the schemes, the defense, CJ Mosley, that defense, Greg Williams, I didn't even get to, Greg Williams historically has gone everywhere and been good defensively as a head coach, they're going to blitz the hell out of you, I liked their draft, adding the kid out of Florida, and now I've gone on for four minutes on the New York Jets.
1: And I'm sure people are absolutely riveted, Um, no, listen, I'm just glad you buried the lead there. Uh, I didn't realize that the New England Patriots were no longer in the NFL, and that's why there's value on We've the Jets to win the AFC yes. East. Like that's, I, I, we need to get this on every major sports publication immediately. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and, and roast you for taking Jets overs. I do think that team is going to be much improved this year. I don't know if their eight wins improved, but we'll see. I do coming off of the the Patriots comment. For me, I'm going to tail the Patriots here. I do you know the last time the Patriots over under 11 wins right now? You know the last time the Patriots won fewer than 11 games? It's 2009. It's been a while. Granted, Tom Brady's older, they don't have Gronk moving forward. I just I I lost a, quite a bit of money betting against the Patriots last oh, year so ma- and it. I and I think tailing the Patriots this year it's going to be profitable, at least in their win total over-under. I do think they get to 12 wins. I think they're the Patriots once again this year. They win the AFC East. Um, Let's take a quick gander at the Patriots' schedule, shall we? Sure. They open
0: against Pittsburgh at home. Mm. Uh, I probably will be betting Pittsburgh if they the Steelers, five or six or whatever. Miami, Jets, Buffalo. Remember. So
1: 4-0 oh to start the year. Hey,
0: Lynch, <laughs> come on. Belichick uses that first month as like an extended training camp. Uh, they play the a- uh, NFC East, Redskins who I think are good. they're, they're going to be pretty decent this year. Giants, I don't think are going to be as awful as the world thinks they're going to be. Um, Eagles are a Super Bowl team, in my opinion. Cowboys. And, um... Damn it, that schedule is soft. Yes, right? <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. looking at the end of the season. Bengals, Bills, Dolphins. You're, so having, to pay, if- you're
1: having to pay the price with New England. It's yeah. going off at minus 140 on the over currently. Mm-hmm. So uh, okay. if, you're, if you're looking at it, get it in now. But uh, yeah, I, I do think Patriots get to 12 wins. Um, but
2: Producer Conrad's over here championing yeah, the he bid. I got really a little tag
0: up. I have a feeling he's going after my Jets.
2: Fire away. It's not so much going after your Jets. It's just kind of looking at the schedule and kind of figuring out how they're going to get to eight wins this season. I mean, Sam Darnold had his sophomore regret when he was at USC. And this will be his Mm -hmm. third new head coach in how many years? Three. Mm -hmm. Three coaches, three years. I understand you are automatically going to have one new coach in college and one in the NFL when you come in there. But the schemes are going to be different. And if you look at the last six games, I know you brought it up. They were, what, one in five to finish the season? They were bad last year. Not not, not, not on on the greatest terms. I think Quinn Williams is the best player in the NFL draft this year next to Nick Bosa. I think that his impact is going to be immediate. Didn't even mention him. Exactly, but at the same time, it's seven wins this year. I think seven and nine. And then the year after, year three for Sam Darnold. I am a believer in Sam Darnold. I think the Giants will kick themselves the next 10 years for not taking their right guy, and they're going to be stuck with Daniel Jones. I just don't I don't think this is the Jets' year. I think two years from now, they're going to keep stockpiling some other people. I think Le'Veon Bill will have a good year. That's also going to be very difficult for Sam Darnold, too. Le'Veon is going to com- like command the ball. He's never played with anyone that says, I need the ball, I need it now, deal with it. I think it's gonna be all new for them. And yeah. then remember, the
1: Jets didn't just go one and five down the stretch. They won one of their last ten games. They started the year three and three. Todd like, Bowles, dead man walk. Like that team was bad. The roster was awful.
0: Let the record stay. May 2nd. Lynch and Conrad
2: way down on my New York Jets. I no not way. You said seven. No. Fair I, enough. I think my the only reason I say that that it's gonna even get seven wins is gonna to be tough to open the season. It's gonna be brutal for them. Yeah. I mean, you start at home Buffalo. Cleveland home, at New England, at Philadelphia, Dallas, New England, at Jacksonville.
0: First eight games are rough. Now, they're supposed to be favored in seven, I believe, of their final eight games, and they don't leave the Eastern time zone, which is amazing. It is. Some of these teams have brutal—the Eagles are the only team, file this away, in the NFL playing three straight true road games this year. Kind of the schedule makers did them no favors. All right, next team up for me. This seems kind of automatic. I'm sticking in the AFC. Baltimore Ravens under eight and a half wins. Remember, folks, Mm. this team was a dumpster fire last year with Joe Flacco. Then they put in Lamar Jackson and the perfect storm. They face all those bad run defenses, run the ball down everybody's throat, get to the playoffs. Okay? In the offseason, they lose their heart and soul of the defense, right? CJ Mosley gone. T-Sizzle, gone. This is a Ravens team I don't believe. Uh, listen, Lamar Jackson has his questions. Um, they're going to play a difficult schedule. I, I don't love the Baltimore Ravens. I think eight and a half wins is a big number. This is a team I think could get out to a 2-0 start and everybody's going to say, oh, it's Lamar. Uh, they're going to be fine. They, they open with the Dolphins and Cardinals. And then they got to face, you know, Kansas City, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Seattle, New England. Imagine going into the bye facing Seattle, coming out of the bye, New England. Like, this is a Ravens team. I am I am selling my Ravens stock. I like the under eight and a half.
1: When we sat here in January or February and the Super Bowl 54 lines first came out, or 54 odds first came out, I was really looking at Baltimore. I think I even talked them up. I thought Lamar Jackson, granted, we all saw him as a runner, but he was top. I believe top 10 in uh, adjusted yards per attempt passing as well. Then Baltimore's defense just got obliterated this offseason. They had more turnover than. I don't know, the, the Golden State Warriors when they feel like they feel themselves in the finals. I don't know. They just, this Ravens defense, which was their, their linchpin, their strength last year, yeah. is not going to be the
2: same team this year. So
1: I, I think this is a really good value bet. Unfortunately, I have to
2: agree with you. Yeah, unfortunately, no. unfortunately. Come on. No, I think that's a great bet. I think Lamar Jackson regression is going to be real, and you're telling me you spend a first-round pick on a deep ball receiver? Lamar Jackson doesn't go deep. This is this is going to be very difficult for him to try to maneuver this offense and then lose. I mean, you lose the heart and soul with T-Sizzle, first off. You lose Mobley to your Jets. So huge.
0: Zaydares uh, so Smith is gone as well. Weddle gone. Now they did get Earl Thomas. They got but, they got
2: Earl Thomas. But being a Seahawk fan myself, I'm telling right. you what right now, how many times can Earl Thomas literally get casted away with off the field, yeah. off a season-ending injury, to come back to be the same Earl Thomas? Yeah, I don't want to say he's washed, but no, uh, he's not washed, yeah, but he's not he's the same talent. Yeah. Uh, all right, Lynch, what you got next?
1: I am going over with. Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos. I can't Whoa. believe I am saying this. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but it's a perfect transition coming off the Ravens, right? Here's one of my methods when I look at over-unders before this season. I look at DVOA, our yes. favorite statistic, and I look at what teams were successful by DVOA last year but perhaps underperformed relative to uh, with the win-loss total. Well, the Denver Broncos last year with a team that I would argue is, was worse than the team that they're going to have this year, and a coach that was probably far worse than Vic Fangio is going to be for them this year, their expected win-loss record was 7.4 wins. They were already over the seven wins last year, 13th in DVOA, 11th in weighted DVOA, Fifth in defensive DVOA, I genuinely believe Joe Flacco is not an elite quarterback. He never has been. He's not a great quarterback. He might not even be a good quarterback at this point, but he is an above average quarterback. And if he can play like the Joe Flacco, we think he can be. He's going to turn the ball over sometimes, but he's capable of leading an offense. If this Denver defense can prop him up, I do think the Broncos pretty easily get to eight, maybe even nine wins. Wow. Now,
0: let me me push back a little bit. Joe Flacco had a situation last year in Baltimore where they drafted Lamar Jackson and he was kind of looking over his shoulder. The Broncos just drafted Drew Locke. I know a second round, but still Flacco. It doesn't sound like he's thrilled. He thinks that like you, that this could be a playoff team. Why take Drew Locke? I don't know if we see a struggling Flacco early. uh, I joked a cement shoes Flacco.
1: If he starts struggling early, do we do we see Drew Locke? potentially? And I I build that into this probability and this consideration, right? There's there's a chance that that happens, but I do think John Elway thinks he has a playoff team here, and I don't think he's gonna pull. You know, I don't think the Broncos are gonna give the hook to Flacco two or three or four games into this season. If they are that bad, six, seven, eight games into the season, this bet's already lost anyway, and mm. so that's not going to impact my value here interesting so let me just give everybody the number once again on the broncos broncos over seven wins you're at minus 110 currently interesting i think
2: that i think that's gonna end up being a push i'm looking at their schedule right now and i don't know where you're seeing these nine wins it's brutal chicago green bay jacksonville uh, going to the chargers tennessee who won the afc south at kansas city at indianapolis cleveland minnesota yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely a tough schedule. Well, uh, the first uh, three of the first
0: four playoff teams they face, they get them at home, right? They get the Bears at home. They get the Titans at home. They
1: get the Chiefs at home. Three teams, well, the first two teams that I'm expecting regression from. Not
2: necessarily the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to be very, very good
1: once really? again this year. Ooh, it could be a debate. A I, th- think, I think
2: Green Bay is going to be a 10-win team this year. I think that's a team that a lot of people are not going to want to see this year. They have a lot of really good players coming in. And I think uh, Rodgers is going to tear it up. Oh, I agree.
0: So we, we remember, last year, and again, we got to go through last year's stuff. There is an advantage for Denver at home in the month of September. They get the Bears, who I believe will have some regression. All right, good call there, Lynch. Let me go to uh, one that's not going to make... Uh, some of our listeners in the Bayou happy. I believe the Saints under 10.5 is something you strongly need to look at. Um, this is just a New Orleans Saints team coming off, you know, a grueling defeat. I mean, it prompted rule changes, right? Uh, that's how brutal that one was. And folks, this schedule is just a death march. I mean, they open the season facing three playoff teams Houston, then at the Rams, then at Seattle. I'm sorry, four. Then versus Dallas. Right out of the gate, New Orleans has a lethal yeah, schedule. But wait,
1: I mean, how many of those quote-unquote playoff teams are you afraid of?
0: Uh, I, don't one? Lo- I don't love going to the Rams or Seattle. Back-to-back West Coast trips can't be fun to start the season. But, uh, again, uh, let me keep moving. Five and one in one-score games last year for the Saints. Again, won a lot of close ones. You have to uh, – is that going to change again? Uh, also, no Mark Ingram. He was pivotal. Because, again, Kamara, he, he, kind of a – Tiny running back. He has had injuries. Uh, they did pick up Latavius Murray um, to, to fill the void. I don't know. I, I just don't love the Saints. I do think that division is going to be brutal. I love the Falcons.
2: They also um, lost Max Under, their starting center, Pro Bowl center.
0: center. Yep, and uh, Carolina Panthers were 6-2 and two last year before Cam Newton's arm fell off. I think they will pop up a little bit. I think it's a tough road for the Saints, and um, I don't want to go overboard here, but Drew Brees... I think this could be his swan song. I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see greatness from him late in the year, especially in that playoff game. He was not great. He was not great against the Eagles uh, in the playoffs either. I'll take the under on the Saints 10 and a half. I'll take the Saints to win the Super Bowl.
2: Woohoo! That's that's the king of all pushbacks. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see the Saints winning ten games next year. I mean, looking at their roster, their roster is depleted. They don't have many guys that stand out anymore. I mean, realistically, look at their wide receivers. I mean, who are you gonna rely on other than Michael Thomas? You're gonna go to ten gidd and he's thirty three years old now. I mean, they're they're starting tight ends. It's not like Jimmy uh Jimmy Graham's gonna walk back through that door. Josh Hill, Dan Arnold, Garrett Griffin.
1: That's all perfectly fair. Wow. Um
2: <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, and here's why. The,
1: the Saints are going off to win the Super Bowl currently at 9-1 to 1 on Bovada. Mm-hmm. That's implied odds of 10%, right? One in ten times they win the Super Bowl. Every simulation that I've seen, even after New Orleans uh, roster moves, has the Saints winning the Super Bowl about 12.1% of the time. To get 2% value there, if that simulation huh. is accurate, is a lot of value. Yeah, so that's noticed. why I'm taking New Orleans there. That's uh, it, I, All of these considerations are very, very... Uh, heavy on on my mind as a Saints gambler I wouldn't be surprised necessarily to see these Saints fall apart for this to be Drew Brees swan song yeah. for you know for these skill players that they've lost and offensive linemen that they've lost to mean that this team doesn't make the playoffs but I think if they make the postseason if this defense can be somewhat can play to the same level that they did last year or somewhat similar I think nine to one you're getting value there hmm. so you like the over as well I would assume I mean that would logically track, um, but I probably I wouldn't bet the over under and in, in terms of you know getting that that minus one ten vig betting one hundred and ten to win hundred. To me, I'm taking the longer odds on Saints nine to one to win the Super Bowl. Interesting. All right. Uh, so your move, I went with the
0: Saints under. Let's just to recap. I went Jets over.
1: Um, what was my second one? Uh, Ravens under, and now I have Saints under. And I'm on Patriots over 11 wins, Broncos over 7 wins, and Saints to win the Super Bowl at 9-1.
2: to Wow. I got one for you guys. Fire away. Jacksonville Jaguars over under 8. They're going to hit the over this year. They have such a talented roster. Last year, they were they were expected to be a Super Bowl contending team. I mean, they have so much defensive talent left. I, mean, I know they got rid of Malik Jackson. A couple of those guys are gone. But I think they got a couple of their bad apples that were bad mm. contracts out of there. Now you got Nick Foles into the mix. They had a really good draft. They got one of the best pass rushers that I think the NFL is going to see in Josh Allen. The Jaguars getting eight wins in the AFC South, I think that's easy money. Josh Allen, the bet to win defensive rookie of the year? He's an animal. I think historically linebackers, I saw a stat
0: that linebackers have dominated defensive rookie of the year since, I believe, the year 2005. They just do so much more than what they used to. Uh, That's interesting. Jags were not really on my radar. They opened the season versus the Chiefs and the Texans, have to go to Denver in uh, September. Ooh, a lot of back-to-back road games there. I don't know about the Jags. I'll have to look a little deeper into that. They finish against the Falcons and Colts. I think it really does come down to how
1: much faith you have in Nick Foles. I mean, listen, that defense was sixth last year. They're going to be better. The special teams, they were fourth in special teams last year. They're going to be solid there as well. If that offense can be league average... This is a playoff team. Um,
0: I think. Nick I think. Foles, who's the offensive coordinator, Mr. D. Filippo, I believe. Yeah. Uh, former Eagles guy. Again, I went to college with him. Uh, so he's pairing up with a guy he knew in Philly and Nick Foles. Yeah, you're right. It's going to come down to.
2: Um, I think the BDN. Te- I think the Texans regress. I think they had a bad draft. They don't have Clowney signed yet. Also, he's, how he's much unhappy?
1: happier is that team not to have to play with Blake Bortles like as their quarterback? Yeah. Legitimately.
0: I, Although I will say. Uh, Jalen Ramsey doesn't seem happy. Tom Coughlin doesn't seem happy with him. Leonard Fournette has some issues. Um, Jacksonville's interesting. That division, though, is what scares me because my next team is the Indianapolis Colts. And I like the over. You guys saw my mock draft on Instagram. I like the Colts to get to the Super Bowl. Um, When you look at that division, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston— Nobody there scares me. Uh, Tennessee has major questions. One of them being, can they ever beat Andrew Luck, who's 11-0 against them? He owns them. Uh, Houston Texans, they didn't repair their offensive line. They yeah. had one job. They had one fix the, the friggin line. I, I don't I know what they're
1: doing. I am terrified for DeAndre next oh, year. Gosh. Oh, gosh.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson, one of the better young quarterbacks in the league, and, like, he's going to be in some trouble. Now, look at the Vegas win totals for that division. Jacksonville, 8. Tennessee, 8. Houston, 8.5. Colts nine and a half. A lot of mediocrity there. If I'm the Colts, by the way, Ballard—he's Cowherd's guy. Cowherd always talks about him on the show. Ballard is doing some major magic there. They have a—they might have a top five roster in the NFL. It's just really good. No, no superstars at the skill
2: positions, but the depth defensively, this Colts team is scary. I like the over nine and a half. I'm telling you right now. People better get ready to see what Paris Campbell can do One. indoors because he has track star speed. Ohio and I, State guy on the turf. Matching him with T.Y. Hilton, that's going to be a lot of speed for Andrew Luck to play with.
1: And you guys know me. I'm a trenches guy. That Indianapolis Colts offensive line Ooh. last
2: year. Fourth, Malling,
1: fourth against the run, second or fourth
2: in the run blocking, excuse me, second in pass protection. Hmm. Goodness gracious. If you give Andrew Luck time game over. I mean, when Quentin Nelson goes up to Jim Irsay and says, give me every single one of the phone numbers from the draft picks. I want to tell everyone what their role is going to be on this team. You know you have a oh, leader well. in the second year.
1: Yeah, yeah i got to say I wasn't looking at Indy, but you've talked me into a Colts bet. Ooh, yeah. Nine and a half to see. Now,
0: now, Lynch, you got another one?
1: Oh, yeah. I got two more. Okay. Um, I think I feel like I've been pretty positive to this point, so let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Under four and a half wins, getting plus 120 on that number. All day, every day. 27th in DVOA last year, 31st in weighted DVOA, expected win loss record of 5.2 wins last year. They're worse this year. I mean, four and a half under, four wins all day. Wow.
0: Now, uh, uh, does that mean you're not a believer in Josh Rosen or Fitz magic?
1: Not in twenty. I'm certainly not a. I'm certainly not a believer in Fitztragic. Tragic. Um, <laughs> tra- I. I am a Josh Rosen guy, but I don't think in twenty nineteen going to a new team and particularly that situation. Interesting. Uh, there is a lot. I of will say I'm very glad that my Cardinals uh, upgraded from Rosen to Kyler Murray. Thank you. Certainly, yeah, that's a good good upgrade. Now,
0: when you look at the Dolphins, um, I, the, I don't want to. They did win seven games last year. There is a lot of. But talk. again, they played like a five win team. So, yeah, so they exceeded expectations under Adam Gaze.
2: And one of those wins was the miraculous (laughs) play against the Patriots. Yes, yes, no doubt. Uh, They open, oh, boy,
0: Ravens, Patriots, Cowboys, Chargers, four playoff teams. Excuse me, from a year ago. That's brutal. There is the tanking for Tua stuff that everybody can't stop talking about with the Dolphins. I'm going to stay away from that. Uh, So you think, what, three and a half is the number? That's criminally low. Three wins? Jeez. All right, um, I, I don't want to go a mile deep here because I loved this team last year. I did a Fox video. Bears are going to the playoffs. People laughed. Bears went to the playoffs. I think there's major regression for the Chicago Bears. And I think they go under nine wins. And I like Ooh. that team. I just... When you look at the division, Lions had a first-year coach in Patricia. Packers underachieved and fired their coach. Vikings underachieved. Had a new system, new quarterback. The Bears... I, I just don't see the Trubisky leap. He was good in the playoff game, uh, the double-doink game, of course, against the Eagles. I thought he was tremendous. Um, but I do wonder if there is a bit of a parallel. Lynch, mock me if you want. I would When never. the Jags went to the AFC Championship and lost to the Patriots, okay? They were awesome defensively. Bortles was good and competent. What happened the year after? Bortles regressed. Team fell apart defensively. Is the same thing going to happen to the Bears? Go to the playoffs. Trubisky questions. I know they got him weapons. I like the weapons. But not only did they lose uh, Vic Fangio, the great defensive coordinator, to your Broncos, but... They lost their number two cornerback in Bryce Callahan, uh, and they, uh, they lost a safety in Adrian Amos. Two, two pivotal guys in the secondary. I know they got ha-ha Clinton dicks, but the spit special teams is a big question with the kicking. They brought in a guy named Blewett as his last name. After the Cody Parkey debacle, cost me so much money in the playoffs. I'm going under nine for the Bears.
1: I, I also expect regression from Chicago. I looked long and hard at this line. I just couldn't pull the trigger because the number is nine. I mean, for a team that won 12 games last year, I do think it's probably 10. Um, That said... I mean, at Bovada currently, you're getting plus 105 on the under of nine. It does seem like people are maybe be steaming this towards nine and a half or ten because you're having to pay minus 135 to take over okay. nine. Now, let me add Bovada,
0: notoriously a, a public shop, right? So that's probably not sharp
1: money. Is Indeed. that safe to assume? Correct. I assume? Absolutely. I think that's so. I, hmm. I, for, but I think that plays in your favor if you're an underbetter here. I do think in the next day or two, this number could go to under nine and a half, and then I. I mean that's even that's a number I. Yeah, would have nine to and at. a half
2: I think that's an automatic bet um, Conrad you got something I don't know how people can believe in Mitchell Trubisky it just doesn't make sense this will be the third year the NFL will get to see Matt Nagy's offense he has a lot of bells and whistles and a lot of guys going everywhere they took David Montgomery, which I love out of Iowa State. And I know that you were really high on him too. I think it can be a do it all back, but you also have Mike Davis who they just signed, and you still have to get touches to uh Cohen. They, yeah, Cohen, yeah, yeah. They have Cohen. They did
0: lose Jordan Howard as well, but I like the kid Montgomery. By the way, if you're looking for a sleeper rookie of the year, David Montgomery, kid out of Iowa State, he is nasty. Great inside runner. He'll probably start the season as a backup to Mike Davis. Well, but I don't think be- he's gonna
2: get the touches. Who Montgomery? Yeah, I don't think Montgomery get touches. Well, Mike to the Davis touches.
0: historically he's always hurt. That I think I wanted the Jets to kick the tires, but he kept getting hurt in Seattle. Couldn't crack through. Uh, and Montgomery's a good physical inside runner. I I, I I took it. I think it was sixteen to one or eighteen to one. Um, all right, one final one. Uh, I, I looked hard at Tampa under. I looked at Washington over. But I am going to wrap up with what probably will be my biggest over under bet. Outside of the Jets is the Atlanta Falcons, over eight and a half. Mm. There's a Falcons team last year decimated by injuries, folks. Lost both their starting safeties early, star linebacker Deion Jones. Devontae Freeman, their stud running back, played two games. He had 14 carries all season, okay? Coming into the year, their win total uh, was nine. With all those injuries, they still went seven and nine. I think there's a ton of value Lynch mentioned the trenches earlier. So Matt Ryan was sacked 42 times, the second highest total of his career. All they did was gut that horrible offensive line. Two first-round draft picks on the line. Okay? I think this is an offensive line. Remember when they had their uh, Super Bowl run? All their offensive line players started all 16 games. I believe that offensive line will gel this year. I think over 9.5 for the Falcons is a lock.
1: And I will wrap up with one last NFL bet. Uh, my, uh, I guess they're my, my Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I'm taking them as a Super Bowl futures as well. Uh, hmm. Super Bowl future, that is. Uh, they're going off at 11 to 1 at Bovada, which is implied odds of 8.5%, right? 1 and So 12.
0: behind, the Saints, behind the Saints at 9 to 1. Behind the
1: Saints at 9 to 1. Just ahead of the Cleveland Browns at 12 to 1. That's absurd. That is I mean, absurd. Come on. And again, simulations that I'm seeing cited by the Action Network. Um, have the Rams winning the Super Bowl about twelve and a half percent of the time? So if if the implied odds are accurate at eight and a half percent, and if the simulations are anywhere close to accurate, I'm once again getting pretty significant value on the Rams. Huh? No no concerns about the girly arthritic knee and all that fun stuff? Uh yeah, I mean I always have concerns. Again, you're looking at you know maybe a, a ten or twelve percent chance of them winning the Super Bowl. I just think there's value in those those considerations working out.
0: Uh, the loss of and Sue. He was really good in the postseason. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Over-unders that we like. Listen, do you know this podcast, our bread and butter is the NFL. We will continue to do NFL. Uh, we got more meat on the draft bone. I got rookie of the year stuff. Uh, over-under for Kyler Murray. We'll save that for next week. But we want to quickly pivot. Yeah, let's go rapid fire, fire on NBA. this. Like, the NBA is tough to do on a podcast because the games, just so much variance. Uh, let's quickly do game three tonight. Word. Toronto Raptors versus the Philadelphia 76ers. I've already bet this. I will be talking about it on Lock It In later. I like the 76ers to win this game. I do believe there is value on them to win the series. I know nobody likes that. I'm just absolutely floored by how Brett Brown, a guy we beat up on this podcast, I don't think he's a great coach. He made an amazing change in game two, putting Joel Embiid on Pascal Siakam. Totally change the complexion. The numbers here. Siakam in game two, three of ten when defended by Embiid. Okay? He Siakam was amazing in game one. Embiid didn't defend him once. I think Ben Simmons stays on Kawhi. I know Kawhi's got 80 points, but Simmons has him under 50% shooting when he defends him. The rest of the 76ers, Kawhi's shooting 77% against them, which is obscene. I like the Sixers tonight. I'm telling you, I don't love this Toronto team. Lynch. All year, Raptors have the deepest bench. Their bench has gotten outclassed by the Sixers, by James Ennis. And the kid Bolden hits a shot. Uh, I like the Sixers here. I know it's crazy. I, I like Philly showing up big time at home tonight. Um, your thoughts?
1: I leaned the same way originally. Mm-mm. But. The big butt. I'm taking Raptors minus two here. Um, because. Well, I did really enjoy Brett Brown's defensive adjustment, and I, I'm, I'm higher on Brett Brown than you are. I do think he's a, he's an above average and probably top, maybe top 10 coach in the NBA this uh, right now. Really? this is this, is And this has been cited by a number of people, but I think it's really, really telling. Toronto shot 31% on 29 wide open shots in game two, yeah. and they Danny only lost Green, by five.
0: Danny Green couldn't make anything. That's a good number. That is very good. But do you think all of a sudden that
1: changes going on the road? It's an interesting consideration, right? We know that role players play better on the road, play better at home. Mm-hmm. That said, I think the the odds of the Raptors shooting average on their open shots, not above average, that's not how regression works. Um, but I think the odds that they that they make an average number of those open shots is a higher value proposition than the Sixers role players playing really well at home. Not least of which because the Sixers bench is not good. That team is entirely dependent on their starters. Hugely. Bigly. And the starters are already playing
0: really well. By the way, Greg Monroe got hurt. He was pretty good in game two. Uh, I didn't even know he was a factor still in the league. Quick note. Danny Green, who you referenced, 3 of 13 in the series, 2 of 10 from deep. Mark Gasol, who was guarded by Tobias Harris in game two, didn't take advantage. He has six fouls and four baskets in the series. Like, I know Gasol's a former superstar, uh, and it, seriously he was uh, maybe not Superstar but an all-star
1: um I don't know I don't love the Raptors we'll see there's a big spot for this team and I think honest even though you know the Raptors would be in the driver's seat obviously if they win game three yeah uh, I mean it's only a two-point spread this game's gonna is a coin flip essentially and I agree with you that there is value on the sixers on the series price so yeah. I'm seeing sixers sorry Conrad open one and a half
0: point favorites. It swung. Again, this isn't the NFL, you know, sw- passing through the uh, up to three in the key numbers. I don't know that one and a half is a key number. Uh, so you you
1: took Toronto favored by two. So I'm actually currently waiting because the Raptors, this number has come up to Raptors minus two. But at Bovada... It was minus 110 about 30 minutes ago. It's now at minus 105. So I'm going to keep an eye on it and see if it potentially ticks down to minus one and a half.
2: I'm telling you straight up. I think for all the reasons that you mentioned is why I like the Raptors. You're telling me Joel Embiid on Siakam. That's fine with me. That means Joel Embiid has to play 20 feet outside the rim on defense. Mm. If Siakam is outside the paint, that means Joel can't protect the rim. That's where Kawhi Leonard has been living. If you're telling me you're going to take one of your top three best players in Ben Simmons and have him follow around Kawhi Leonard for 35 minutes a game, Ben Simmons has been I wouldn't even say Adequate on offense for them
0: yeah, In this series struggling. I mean
2: Kawhi is a great defender No and I, I'm, I'm just saying I think that Toronto Is going to put their foot On the gas pedal here I think Embiid His knees are actually gonna, They're catching up with him As of right now During the season I and think the they, runs He had the runs last game I, for And then for the, the whole <laughs> to The whole bench reason though too Give me the Raptors Give me the Raptors The rest of the season I think this is going to turn out To be a gentleman's sweep Wow Alright quick fun prop bet Tonight Are you ready? Kawhi Leonard over under two and a half three-point field
0: goals over. over okay here's why I took the under in Orlando <laughs> you guys are laugh <laughs> Kawhi's uh, three straight games over three right three or more so why is the number low because on the road in Orlando couldn't make a three-pointer decided I'm gonna attack get to the foul line I believe with Ben Simmons on him he's 0 for 9 on threes I think Kawhi hits the under two Okay, half. All right, let's go to the next game. Uh, what do we got? Friday, Bucks, celtics Lynch, you know, do you got yeah, any thoughts? A 1-1 series, two 20-point blowouts. This has
1: been a tough watch, this series so far. It's a stay away game for me from a value perspective. For the sake of the podcast, I'm going Bucks plus two because I think Milwaukee is the better team. I will take the points even on the road where huh. home, home court advantage is probably worth two and a half or three in the NBA in
0: 2019.
1: Interesting. Um, I like the Celtics on a bounce back. I mean, yeah. Kyrie, four for
0: 18. That ain't happening again. Uh, the one thing that I thought that was interesting was uh, Chris Middleton has been torching the Celtics last playoff series, uh, last year's playoff series, and this year. I think he's shooting sixty four percent on three. Big Chris energy. Obscene. Brad Stevens. Hello. Design something. But remember, first half of Game Two, Celtics were leading most of the way, a twenty four to two run. Uh, in the third quarter, you know, I mean, are, are the Bucks making twenty threes? Like, uh, is that happening? Well,
1: let's be honest. They they fed off of that crowd as that run started. As that run started, so not going to happen in Boston, obviously. Uh,
0: uh, th- will this be the first kind of punch in the mouth if the Bucks lose this game and are down two one? First real adversity this year. I don't want to hear about Malcolm Brogdon was adversity. I just don't know how Giannis and this l- team that hasn't really been tested will handle a loss here. I like Jason Tatum, who's getting totally crapped on by all the debate shows. I mean, hey, Tatum has not been good. Nine he, points in two games? Yeah, it's not been great.
2: Um, but Gordon Hayward's playing well. I think Tatum has a big game. I like the Celtics. See, I was I was all over the Bucks actually, if not gentlemen sweeping the Celtics. After watching game one of this series, and I know last game you are talking about the 24-2 to run water always finds its level and I'm telling you right now Chris Middleton is not a number two in this league yeah. he's a three or not four option. option he's not going to keep shooting 64% he's sure. B- the number
1: three option on the Bucks behind Giannis <laughs> and Brooke
2: Lopez <laughs> well, I thought you were say blood this,
1: pro- this is the podcast that has the most love for Brooke Lopez in the entire year. sorry to cut you off no I know I'm just
2: saying I don't I don't think Giannis is going to get these calls that he got at home against Boston I mean he was getting a lot of uh, calls in the lane that I, I don't think he should have got on Al Horford I think the Celtics put it on him by at least 10 to 12 points
0: mm, all right uh, the other game Friday we're contractually obligated to mention Nuggets Blazers I will take Portland at home that's all I got I mean listen this Nuggets, is... money, line. nuggets, nuggets
1: money line plus 165 Nuggets money line Plus one
0: sixty five. okay I don't think the Blazers I think they went 3-0 at home against the Thunder and the Nuggets are not a good road team I don't know I gotta go with Portland Um, where are you on this watchability like I, I can't get into the series man two words
1: Damian Lillard. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but he had 14 points. No, last I understand. Night. Yeah. I understand.
1: But like, it's one of those things where it's like, you go to Yosemite, and you've got a schedule of when the geysers are going to erupt, but they're never quite precise. It's like I'm just sitting there waiting for this guy yeah. to yeah. erupt. I've yeah. got to be at Yosemite to actually experience it when it happens. So I'm watching every Blazers game, knowing that he could just go off at any time. Gary Harris is a good defender. Totally shut down the immortal Derek White
0: of San Antonio. Remember he had like a 35 point game? While
1: we're here, shout out Torrey Craig. Maybe the the (laughs) toughest player in the NBA. What a tough guy.
0: Alright, and we have to wrap up with some Warriors Rockets. So I thought the stat of the podcast was going to be, guys, who leads the NBA in playoff touches? I'm not going to tell you who it is. Quick guess, Conrad and Lynch. Leads the NBA in touches. Playoffs,
1: James Harden. James, yeah, James Harden. That,
0: that'd be, that'd be my guess. Jokic. Oh, that. Yeah, Denver that doesn't surprise Nuggets. me. Crazy. They run it through him. Now, what I do believe will be the best stat on the podcast. Tell all your friends this at a bar this weekend while you're hanging out. You look cool. The ladies will dig it. Which player leads the NBA playoffs in slam dunks? It's in this series. I'm not going to answer that question.
2: It's it got to be in this series because you're bringing it up now. I'm about to say it has to be Kevin Durant. Who you got, Lynch? Is it KD? It's
1: Andre Iguodala.
2: I was going to... 35-year-old Andre Iguodala is
0: murdering teams. Draymond on the, the lob. He it's also
1: just... leads the NBA all-time in dunks on Andrew Lynch.
0: <laughs> Did he dunk on Andrew? Oh, me? yeah.
1: He dunked, we both went to the U of A at the same time. And he... Oh. Won, I, yeah, I used to run first court pickup. And, uh, yeah, he got me That's amazing.
0: <laughs> Iguodala has 19 dunks in the playoffs. And he's 35. I mean, by the way, folks, you talk about Gentleman Sweep, Conrad i don't know i mean
2: i'm not betting on it but if though this game three saturday night for me it's like rockets by 20 or warriors win out right let me ask you something are the rockets done or are they finished ha. <laughs> uh, they missed trevor ariza man you, you they, uh, first of all
0: uh, i'm foaming at the mouth here I don't understand having Nene on the court at the end of Game 1, right? And, of course, Curry hits the game-winner in his eye. And Capella's been unplayable. So they miss Ariza for the switching. They're too small with Tucker at center. They give up 18 offensive rebounds. How
1: dare you denigrate P.J. Tucker? I,
0: I'm not denigrating him. I just I don't understand what D'Antoni's solution is. I mean, it can't be house. There you is just, none. Dude, you made 17 th- uh,
1: threes. In a game and lost while shooting 40% from deep. You say there's no solution. You could kidnap Steph Curry and KD. You could commit felonies. That That's is fine. possible.
2: I'm telling you what right now. It was game one of the finals last year. LeBron had 51-8-8. Eight and eight. He didn't get the call in the final seconds against KD. And I remember looking at my room and I go, they're dead. They're going to get swept now. They lost all their energy, all their mojo because there was that one game. If they got it, they had confidence. They had hope. That was the Rockets in game one. They had confidence. They had hope. Once Game Two started, they had what seven turnovers in the first six seven minutes?
0: Injury. Uh, Quickly look up what is the number on the uh, Warriors sweep from here on out. I I would not take it, but I think if
1: if you want to do that, just roll money line the next three games. Warriors money line. Yeah, I mean you're getting plus one forty tonight. Our next two games. Excuse me. I'm
0: shocked. The number's four. Uh, Just a quick note. So those 18 offensive rebounds by the Warriors combined with 17 turnovers by Houston. 14 extra shots. Just extra shots for the Warriors. You're talking about the best shooting team NBA history. You're giving them 14 extra shots. I heard a comparison, I don't know if it was radio or internet, against the Cavs in the finals. Tristan Thompson was rendered unplayable. He couldn't shoot, couldn't defend on the perimeter. I think we're seeing the same thing with Capella. I don't want to say his manhood is going to be tested, but you can't have your ninety million dollars seven footer chasing Durant on the. Ninety border.
2: million. Have you ever seen a, worth, a worthless a hundred million dollar player? Million? Yeah, he made. Oh, he got a hundred million on his last contract, and he literally is unplayable against his team. The one team they have to beat. Do is there any shot Lynch as we wrap up here that the
0: Rockets could win four or five and win this series? No,
1: Conrad. No, there's not. Nah, no, okay. no, Conrad, no, they're, I'll they're dead. Say, yeah. I'll, I'll end this uh, with a bet. I'm actually going with a parlay tonight in Game Three: Warriors Rockets. Warriors plus 140 on the money line and under 222 on the total. In the Warriors Saturday night game? Correct. Sorry. On Saturday night game. Okay. In game so,
0: so you're envisioning kind of a game one of last year?
1: Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. So the during the regular season, the Rockets averaged about 98 possessions per game. The Warriors averaged about 101. Um, and they each scored about 1.16 points per possession. But in the postseason, they've both slowed way down against mm. each other, and we've seen this historically when these two teams, these two versions of these teams, play each other in the postseason. Again, 98 possessions per game for the Rockets in the regular season, 101 for the Warriors. This is at a 94 pace mm. right now. This series, it was last year as well. And if you take the average points per possession for each team, adjust it for the pace of this particular series, you're looking at 218 wow, points. Wow, that's some in-depth stuff. I love it. Now. Do you think the the Rockets
0: can change and go back to playing tempo? Because I'm telling you, this half court defense by the Warriors is insane. With Durant protecting the rim and Draymond,
1: you know the allegory of the uh, the scorpion that tries to cross the river on the frog's yeah, yeah, back, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. the scorpion stabs the yeah, frog yeah, because yeah. it's in his nature. Right.
2: Chris Paul is the scorpion playing fast as the frog. Oh man! No, they don't want to play fast. Every time they play fast against the Warriors, too, that's when they really yeah, that's start that's... getting beat.
0: Well, they're not winning in the half court.
2: They're not winning they're at not all. Winning
1: period.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, <laughs> folks. Uh, on that we'll wrap it up thank you Andrew Lynch, producer Conrad a lot of NFL, NBA playoffs, we will be back next week, sorry for no Kentucky Derby action
1: Um, bet on the horse to win
0: (laughs) the favorite's out, it's gonna be rainy, maybe you'll watch it, probably not, thanks for listening remember, subscribe, rate, and review talk to you next week